You're listening to Asbury University's Chapel Podcast, recorded live from our campus in Wilmore, Kentucky. Asbury's Chapel Service hosts speakers from around the world to inspire academic excellence and spiritual vitality. We hope you enjoy today's message. Lord, I thank you for today. Uh, I thank you for this time, these people. I pray for Dr. Jadov now as she comes and speaks. I pray that you'll be with her. I pray that you'd be over the reading of scripture as well. In your name, amen. Today's scripture comes from Matthew 19, verses 16 through 22. Just then a man came to Jesus and asked, Teacher, what good things must I do to get eternal life? Why do you ask me about what is good, Jesus replied? There is only one who is good. If you want to enter life, keep the commandments. Which ones, he inquired. Jesus replied, You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother, and love your neighbor as yourself. All these I have kept, the young man said, what do I still lack? Jesus answered, if you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. Good morning and welcome to chapel. We have all been running hard and it is time to get some rest in a couple days. So let's hang in there together as we walk towards Thanksgiving and towards Christmas holidays. So it is in the very near future, but we've got a couple days uh, before we get there. I wanna thank our chapel team uh, for the opportunity to share uh, in chapel this morning. And so I add my welcome to the folks that are listening online uh, here in our country, the United States, and around the world. I have always been encouraged by the fact that worship in Hughes Auditorium is a central marker for many of our students. And alum always remind us that this is one thing that they would not want to see change is worship in Hughes. And so it's a privilege to be able to worship together. And hopefully, every time we come into chapel, in some small measure or big measure, we experience this great God that we have been singing about. So I hope that even in this time together, we will get a glimpse of the greatness of who God is which each of us can only fathom just a little bit in a lifetime. So this morning, I would like to address the passage uh, that was read for us. Thank you, Liz, for that. What are you looking for and where? Let those words settle into your mind. What are you looking for and where? This title, What Are You Looking For and Where, was inspired by the audacity of a rich young ruler. A young ruler who was looking for something and comes to Jesus in search of an answer. So my question for us this morning is what are you looking for and where? And I imagine that when we hear this question, what are you looking for and where, many responses might be surfacing in your mind. Some of us may be just looking forward to the holidays and we have it on the calendar. 
It could be as simple as that. Some of us may be looking for purpose and meaning in life, and it could be as profound as that on the other end. So you fill in the blanks. What are you looking for, and where are you looking for it? Over the years, I have watched a few TV shows, and in fact, Dr. Brown and I were talking recently, and he asked me which TV show I enjoy. And believe it or not, I said to him, I enjoy Shark Tank. Anybody watch Shark Tank? Or is that an ancient show? <laughs> well, this morning, I wanted to make a mention of one of the shows that I found interesting, and it's the Guy's Grocery Games. Anybody? Give me, give me a little support here. Anybody watch Guy's Grocery Games? <laughs> If you have watched the show, you know that in the final round, the chef who makes it through all the other rounds receives the opportunity to have two minutes to go through the entire grocery store, through every aisle, collecting items on a shopping list that Guy himself has handed out to them. Now, if they get all the items, they are awarded $20,000 as the grand prize. Isn't that amazing? But here is what I realized in that show, is that in this game, two elements are key. One, knowing what you're looking for, and thus the list becomes necessary. And two, where to find the items that are on that list. So two elements are key, knowing what you're looking for and where to find it. In Matthew chapter 19, we meet an individual who Matthew describes for us as the rich young ruler. By such a description, one might imagine that this person likely has everything they could ever want in this lifetime. Wouldn't you wish for such a life? However, we learn that even someone who was rich and didn't need most things that many of us might need was still looking for something. So the point being that you and I are always looking for something. And I am reminded of the words of Coach Kyra, who spoke on Monday, that in different seasons of our life, we might be looking for different things. So what we look for is informed by what we are compelled by. And what we're compelled by is something that arises within us as a need or as a want or as a desire. So this young ruler has come to Jesus seeking to find an answer, most likely to a question that has been on his mind for a long time. He says in verse 16, teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? That's a pretty big question. Teacher, what good thing must I do to inherit eternal life. I don't know that any one of us in this point or when we woke up this morning were asking this question, what must I do to inherit eternal life? 
But here is a rich young ruler whose scholars have depicted as being someone of your age. And some scholars have depicted him to be a lot older than you are. So here is this rich young ruler being plagued by this question of wanting to inherit eternal life and seeking to do all that he can to guarantee it. He did not want to risk a mistake that would keep him from receiving eternal life. How often our journeys are marked by avoiding risks for the very things that we long for. So perhaps this might be a prompt for some of us that in the risking, there might be the answer. From the following verses in chapter 19 of Matthew, verses 16 to 22, we understand how the conversation between Jesus and the young ruler unfolds. In verse 16, the rich young ruler is asking Jesus, what good deed must I do? And Jesus replies to him, keep the commandments. And Jesus elevates a couple commandments in this particular text. Jesus says, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not fall, bear false witness, honor your father and mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. These are some pretty big asks of us. To which the rich young ruler quickly says to Jesus, all of these I have kept from my youth. So here is a person who has tried to do their best to do everything right so that they could inherit eternal life. But I was taken up with the reality that a person who has done all things right is still looking for something, recognizing the need for an assurance of eternal life. Who would have such an audacity? Who would have such a courage to ask such a question, what do I still lack? So this rich young ruler has the audacity to ask Jesus, who is life? Who is the author and the perfecter of our life? He has the boldness and the courage to come to Jesus and say, what do I lack? Tell me. What an invitation for us to come to Jesus with whatever it is that we might perhaps be looking for. But oftentimes, Jesus might be the last person we come to. And we all may know that as folks that have grown up in the church. But there is a disconnect between what we believe and what we practice we find in society. We say that we need to begin with Jesus, but oftentimes, He's the last one we come to. And yet, that great God that we sang about is the Jesus who stands patiently at the door and knocks, waiting to be invited. What a radical posture and what a radical humility for us to emulate.
So this rich young ruler is telling Jesus, all these I have kept, but what do I still lack? And having the audacity to ask such a question, Jesus responds to him. And what does Jesus say? Jesus says, sell everything you have. Perhaps the very response this rich young ruler was afraid to hear. Jesus tells him, sell everything you have and come follow me and you will have rich treasures in heaven. I want to point out for us that this rich young ruler had probably reached a point where he realized that asking Jesus was the best thing to do, if not the right thing to do. Have you come to that place in your journey yet? Perhaps all the answers he had received up until this point did not suffice his search. He knew where he would find the answers, so he came to Jesus. What are you looking for and where? In Luke 15, verses 8 through 9, we find this very interesting story of a woman who has 10 silver coins. But we also learn that she loses one of these silver coins, and the author of Luke tells us that she lights a lamp and sweeps the house and looks carefully for the coin until she has found it. The point being, she knew what she was looking for and where to look for it. She was looking for the lost coin and wasn't going to give up till she found that one lost silver coin. Sometimes we may know what we're looking for, but don't know where to look. Some wise men from the east were looking for the king of the Jews. And unsure where to find him, they come to King Herod. We're all familiar with the story, which we will soon be hearing many times at Christmas. That these three wise men came to Herod asking him, where is the one who has been born, the king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. As mentioned in Matthew chapter 2, verse 2. That sometimes we may be like the wise men, looking for the star but not knowing where to find the king that is the Messiah, the Savior of the world, known to us as the King of the Jews. Sometimes we may need help with knowing what we're really looking for. Anybody in that place? Sometimes we need help. We don't always recognize or have language for what it is that we're looking for and where to find it, such as the story of the woman in John chapter 4, we have an entire narrative of the Samaritan woman who comes in the middle of the day at the noon hour to get water for herself and for her family. And when she comes to this well to get water for her family, she has an encounter, perhaps an unexpected encounter with Jesus. 
And you can read John chapter 4 to find the narrative and how it unfolds. But the point of that story is to help us recognize that Jesus helped the Samaritan woman to know what she was looking for. She had come to get water so she could quench the thirst that she had and the thirst of her family members. But Jesus invites her to receive the living water that will quench every thirst that she would ever have. And I imagine that that is what Jesus would offer to us even today. So we may not know what we're looking for and where to find it, but coming to Jesus might help us have a clue of what it is that we are being driven by. The story of the rich young ruler concludes with this young man leaving the scene sorrowful. That's a pretty confusing conclusion to this chapter, especially when you've come to Jesus to ask such a big question, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And I am even taken up by that because I am trying to paint an image in my mind of this rich young ruler who comes with such excitement to find the right answer and upon hearing the response, walks away dejected, walks away sorrowful. That's quite the conclusion. And the reason to elevate that this morning is because perhaps we may find ourselves sorrowful or dejected at some of the responses that we may find to our quest. This young ruler walked away sorrowful because he had great possessions. What are you looking for and where, and are you ready to, respond, to receive the response you might get? When the young man tells Jesus that he has kept all the commandments, Jesus asks of him, then Jesus replies and says, if you would be perfect, go and sell what you possess and give to the poor, and you will have great treasure in heaven. Come and follow me. I find that response quite perplexing because you see the beauty of Jesus' reply to this rich young ruler was that if this rich young ruler sold everything he had and followed Jesus, he would have more treasures. Almost a paradox in giving up everything that you have, might it be possible that you might receive more that God has for you? The beauty of Jesus' reply was in the fact that this rich young ruler would have eternal life. But it appeared that the, that the riches that the young ruler had were of great importance to him, for he left sorrowful. What might Jesus be asking of us today? What is Jesus asking of you? What is Jesus asking of me? And I want to lean further into that question and say, what is Jesus asking of our families? You all represent a family. What is Jesus asking of our communities? You all represent a people. 
What is Jesus asking of our societies? What is Jesus asking of our churches? And what is Jesus asking of the institutions that we are a part of? What might we be asked from Jesus? If we come to him with this question, I have done all of these, what do I still lack? How great the impediment was to this rich young ruler that he left sorrowful. One commentator notes, he probably would not have objected if Jesus could have shamed him into giving a much more substantial portion of his wealth to the poor. Isn't that fascinating that sometimes being shamed into doing something might be more comfortable? That's a painful thing for me to read, that being shamed might be something that we would much rather adorn ourselves with than receiving the gift that we might have in coming to Jesus Christ. So this rich young ruler would have rather been shamed by Jesus. And so this commentator goes on to say what he did mind was giving up all the wealth, all the privilege, all the status, and all the economic power that came with his wealth. He was not ready to surrender his comfortable and secure world for the unknown. He was identified by his wealth, and it was hard to let it go. So this morning, the question for us still remains, what are you looking for and where? And are you willing to receive the response? Are you willing to receive the ask that it might take to achieve or to gain or to receive what it is that you're looking for. I want to invite us to think of ourselves in light of these three narratives from our biblical text. Which posture do you most relate with? Do you relate with the posture of this rich young ruler who knew that he wanted eternal life and went looking for it? but walked away sorrowful because the ask was a part of his identity that he could not relinquish? Or do you resonate and relate more with the wise men who came from the East following a star, looking for the king of the Jews so that they might go to worship him, but somehow stopped at Herod's and asked, where is this king of the Jews? Or do you relate most with the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman who did not know what she was looking for, but in her need for water shows up at the well at the noon hour, least expecting to encounter Jesus, the water of life not knowing what you're looking for, but you end up running into it. Which posture do you find yourselves sitting in or relating with? And I really want to invite you to reflect upon that.
because in reflection, you might be able to find what you are looking for from these biblical texts. What are you looking for and where? And are you willing to do what it takes? The answers may not come in the ways we have been taught to expect them. And I started to think that for myself, that there are times when answers have come in unimaginable ways. And Coach Kyra mentioned that in her uh, sharing with us on Monday, that life doesn't unfold in the ways that we might have expected or imagined. But one thing I am surely discovering, that the deep longings of our hearts always find a way to be fulfilled in Jesus Christ. The deep longings of our heart, the genuine searches of our life, we find those answers when we come to Christ. And we may get there in a roundabout way, but we will get there. That has been the experience of my life when everything has felt like it has come to an end. And I didn't know what path to take or how to get to what I thought was on my heart and mind. And every step which feels like a risk to take for me, I take trusting that I will meet God on the other side. So the answers may not come in the ways we have been taught to expect them. We have fantastic formulas that help us predict outcomes in life. But those formulas don't always work in the ways that we hope that they would. Because you realize that what we are taught is in part influenced by our context, by our experiences, by our traditions, and often by our greatly valued customs that we may have a hard time letting go because it is familiar, it is comfortable, and it is known. It may come in an unexpected ask of Jesus of us, and I want to remind us that this ask of Jesus is for everybody. What Jesus may ask of me may be something different from what Jesus may be asking of you in this moment or on your journey, but Jesus is asking all of us something. Is it possible that your answers may come from the margins of your life and not from the things that might be central to your life. You see, the wealth of this rich young ruler was central to his life, but the answer, the ask that Jesus had came from the margins of his life. So may I leave you with this question and invite you to think upon it throughout your day. What are you looking for and where? And are you ready to receive the answer? Know this, that what Jesus asks of you, what he asks of me, what he asks of us, he stands ready to help us with.
Because in John 15, 5, we have been clearly told that apart from Jesus, we can do nothing. And we have also been reminded in our singing this morning that God wants to work everything out for our good. So God wants to use all we have in this life and all that we are, the good and the bad, to do good for us. As mentioned in Romans 8, 28 and Jeremiah 29, 11, that the plans that God has for us are for our good and not to harm us. Even the ask that Jesus had of this rich young ruler to sell all of his possessions and follow him. Even that ask, how painful it was, was still to do good for the rich young ruler. So I invite you this morning, I invite you to please consider which, pos which posture you most relate with. But more importantly, I want to invite you to ask of yourselves, are you willing to allow God to have all of who you are so that you may find that which you're looking for? Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, life is complex, not to mention that it's complicated at so many levels. And yet, again and again, you invite us to do life with you. Forgive us for the times when we fail to receive that invitation. Sometimes, Lord, that failure might just be because we're not ready or we're not willing or we don't understand. And so we thank you for your generosity that you wait so patiently, that you wait so graciously, yet with a determination to reach us and meet us where we are because you don't want to leave us where we find ourselves in this moment. You have always longed for us to have the life that you planned since the beginning of creation. Because as you said in Genesis 1, that all that you made is good. And so, Lord, please help us in our search to find the good that you have for us so that in receiving the good, we may go out and do likewise. Bless us now as we go through the rest of our day. Help us and walk with us as we try to walk with you. We pray this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.